Bozo. No. B-O-Z-O. Sorry? You've never heard of Bozo the Clown? No. How could you not know who Bozo the Clown is? I don't know. I just don't. How could you call yourself a clown and not know who Bozo is? Hey man, what are you hassling me for? This is just a gig. It's not my life. I don't know who Bozo is. What is he, a clown? <laughs> what, is he a clown? Are you kidding me? Well, what is he? Yes, he's a clown. All right, so what's the big deal? There's millions of clowns. All right, all right, just forget it. Forget me? You should forget it. You're living in the past, man. You're hung up on some clown from the 60s, man. Very good, very good. All right, go fold your little balloon animals. Eric, Eric, ha! What kind of name is that for a clown, huh? <laughs> some of you may recognize that exchange that happened between Jason Alexander as George Costanza and John Favreau as Eric the Clown on Seinfeld. We opened with this since we will talk about my childhood clown collection. Scary. <laughs> Cabbage Patch Kids, uh, Garbage Pail Kids, and all the cool stuff that happened in October of 1983 on this episode of Latchkey Dads. With Greg and Tim. Hey Tim, what's happening in October of 1983? Well Greg, in October of 1983, a phenomenon Occurred. A phenomenon. Yes. Yes, it was a big deal because in October of 83, the Cabbage Patch Kids hit the American public oh, in a gosh. way that would affect Christmas forever <laughs> for dads and moms across the country. <laughs> it, it ruined many a kid's uh, Christmases because they were so disappointed, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was incredible. I think, um, you know, we've, we've all probably heard the stories of you know, stores saying they had some and then just mobs of people and riots would break out and <laughs> people would get trampled and broken bones and people knocked unconscious <laughs> <laughs> all in the effort to get a, you know, $30 little doll you yeah. know, for Christmas. Um, I think um, from at least in my our lifetime, that was the first, you know, run on a toy. I mean, certainly later we saw the, remember the Tickle Me Elmo mm-hmm. craze? Yep. And then I think the Furbies yeah. caused a little bit of a, of a, a thing. But this was definitely the, the first one that I can recall. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it did sort of set that precedent. You know, I think there probably were toys previously that were, you know, really sought after. But this was yeah. the one that just <laughs> put people in a frenzy and and really, uh, you know, I think it even, you know, it got played up in in pop culture and, mm-hmm. and in television shows and everything you know i yeah. i remember um there was a show i watched recently um called uh, halt and catch fire that was this oh. show about you know the early days of uh, computer programming and developing computers and even in that there's a scene where one of the programmers he's obsessed with getting one of these dolls for his kid and just the lengths that he goes through <laughs> um you know and in the end he actually gets suckered you know somebody sells him a box it's supposed to have the the, oh, the doll yeah, in it, yeah. and then he opens it and finds that the guy just took him for two hundred bucks, and there's Ouch. no doll in it. <laughs> anyway, hopefully that didn't happen to any of our uh, listeners that they yeah. you know, got taken <laughs> for a uh, you know a couple hundred dollars and didn't get their uh, their cabbage patch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think with that um, was this news sensationalism of things because you know on the news it was oh yeah riot at at this mall and yeah. you know x person you know this person got trampled and knocked down and hurt and and it was news not just you know uh family news but like national news yeah yeah and i think it was in general it was pretty accurate you know i mean today with social media i mean stuff gets blown out of proportion and you know we don't know what's true and what's false anymore but yeah. i think back then a lot of those reports were actually <laughs> pretty true of you know yeah. what people are doing um and I don't know, you know, I, you know, growing up with just a brother, you're pro- you and your brother probably weren't really into the the Cabbage Patch dolls, but I, no, you know, I, I didn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my younger sister, um, she wanted one. Uh, she was, mm-hmm. I guess, she would have been four in '83. So um, we ended up, my sister and I, we got <laughs> them in '84, a year later. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, <laughs> mine was called Nicholas Frederick, and. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't remember playing with it a whole lot, yeah. um, but you know, I still have it. I'll, you know, I'm on the uh, episode page on our website, latchkeydads.com. Uh, there will be uh, photos of my Cabbage Patch doll on there. <laughs> you can all check that out. Um, do you still have it? Yeah, you do. Yeah, and, and what about? Um, didn't they come with a birth certificate? Yeah, they did. Yeah, and uh, they all were, you know, signed uh, on the butt by uh, the, the oh. guy who originally created them, Xavier Roberts. Okay. Um, and, you know, going back to the, the origination of the, the product itself, that guy, uh, Xavier Roberts, he would hand make each one of these dolls before Coleco bought them and started mass producing them. Wow. So, you know, he would hand sign each one of them back then. Okay. Um, and then obviously when they were mass produced, they would just stamp them. Um, but I think after the first year or so they started putting a date inside of his signature so people would know that it was a an 80 uh, an 85 model (laughs) so like you know you're buying a a car you know what what model year is this uh cabbage patch um (laughs) so along with that when i was um a kid we you know we me and my brother and sister we had you know collections and things like that and Mm -hmm. um clowns were one of the things that you know my family had sort of dubbed the thing that I was going to be collecting and so I have a, a second cabbage patch that came in a clown costume and he has an 86 on his butt so <laughs> that explains so much Tim it explains so much <laughs> yeah I, I always wear a smile but inside I'm just a sad sad clown <laughs> we'll have to talk a little more about this uh, this cabbage patch clown do you still have that one I also have that one yeah <laughs> Yeah, he, he's kept in a closet, <laughs> in a bag, yeah. in a box. <laughs> yeah. So I will put up a photo of the clown one as well. So and the clown's name? Uh, Conrad was Conrad. the clown's name. Yeah, not a very clowny name. <laughs> no, and he was not funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know that that whole just world that they created it, it was pretty incredible i mean I, I i looked up the numbers and i think over the course of like 10 years you know while they were at their height um i think it was over two billion dollars that wow. were you know generated revenue from the cabbage patch line and they still i mean they still make them today Do they? Just, i was gonna ask yeah, you if you knew it's uh, not obviously as big of a, a, a craze as it was back in 83 <laughs> but uh, pretty amazing you know really uh, i think it was in Ninety-six, they were like the official mascot of the Olympics. Oh wow! Um, and I think it was in '04 they created the first uh, presidential <laughs> versions of uh, uh, Cabbage Patch dolls. So there was an Obama and a George W. Bush wow. Cabbage Patch doll. <laughs> so or Cabbage Patch kid. I keep calling them dolls. They were right, Cabbage, Patch, Cabbage kids. Patch kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think probably the the thing that made them unusual was that up until that point every mass-produced toy you know you were getting the same toy right and this was the first one where they were individualized you know with that whole birth certificate and you were adopting it the name was individual the hair color was different the skin color everything was unique to that doll and uh yeah they created something that i guess the, (laughs) the american public was really uh really looking for and pretty cool yeah it makes sense i mean if uh if if you're looking for a doll, why wouldn't you? Why would you want the same one your your friend across the street has? Let's get, you know, one with red hair and pigtails, yeah. or whatever. You yeah. Know? yeah. And I think you know my my daughter when she was younger, the American doll. I think they kind of they probably modeled some of that okay. off of the same thing where it was very individualized and you could, you know, make it look like your kid or you know whatever you wanted. Um, and I think that company has has done pretty well too so (laughs) that was um you know obviously i just had boys um so they didn't uh, ask for american dolls but i do remember hearing very expensive yeah yeah there's (laughs) they're making their money (laughs) (laughs) well you know um the uh, with every good product there has to be you know the american uh bandwagon let's make some money off of this uh and uh you know um tops just killed it with the cabbage uh, i'm sorry the garbage pail kids right do you yeah. remember do you remember those cards oh yeah 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 we we love collecting them uh we had a well i think at the time my brother was really into the line that sort of preceded it which was the um the wacky packages 
Oh, um, okay. Which were actually produced. The, the guy who created the Wacky Packages was an artist um, by the name of Art Spiegelman. Um, and so on the heels of Wacky Packages being pretty popular, mm-hmm. he was going to kind of spin it off as like a, you know, a similar line and, um, or part of the same line, I should say. And then Tops was like, no, 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 we're going to separate this out and it's going to be its own separate thing. And in the yeah. end, it turned into a bigger phenomenon, I think, than the Wacky Packages. Okay. So um, I think I had a few Wacky Packages, like, or, or, or my brother did and I just kind of inherited them. I kind of remember that. Um, yeah, my brother was way in, you know, way more into wacky packages than he was the garbage pail okay. kids, and yeah. it could have just been an age thing. You yeah, know, that him being three years older, he could care less about the, you know, the garbage pail kids. But yeah. you know, me and my friends, we were oh. we were so into him. So, <laughs> so if you're if you're not familiar with a garbage pail kid, it's in uh, a trading card, but it was a sticker, um, and it, it looked like a. I mean, the face was round with the eyes, so it looked like a. Uh, I keep mixing them up, a, a Cabbage Patch Kid, but they were. Um, I don't know. How would you say that, Tim? Well, I think, you know, it was all, you know, some sort of an abnormality <laughs> or, you know, some sort of terrible pain or death or something that made it funny. And then they'd, they'd pair that with the, the name that they would give the card. So, you know, as an example, the, the card I think that's the most associated with him is Adam Bomb, whereas, you know, the top of his head is blowing mm-hmm. off like he's exploding. And um, and they always made two versions of every card. Every, so with yeah. Adam Bomb, there was Blasted Billy and, mm-hmm. you know, so there was always an A and a B card, you know, for everyone. Nice. Um, I think mine was tongue-tied Timmy, if I'm not mistaken. And oh. I think yours might have been Gross Greg. I think, right, I think yeah. you're right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and somewhere in a box, my stack of cards is, is waiting for me to find them. I haven't yet tracked them down. So uh, at some point, I'll put some photos up, but it may not be in time for this episode. <laughs> I didn't... Um, I. I wasn't allowed to start collecting them when they first came out. Oh. Yeah, my parents said, no, that's too vulgar. <laughs> um, but I just wore them down. I'm like, every kid has them. It's not fair. <laughs> and so by the time the second edition came out, I was allowed to start getting them. And uh, I think, you know, about five years ago, I just I just gave them away. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I, I didn't keep them. I had them in a box. And then um, I should have kept them. <laughs> 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 but yeah, we I had a lot of the uh, like entire second series because that's when it was it was a big deal for us anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny that you say your parents wouldn't allow you get, to get them because mm-hmm. um, I saw that in Mexico they were banned. Oh, really? Yeah, that they because of that sort of degrading, vulgar <laughs> violence, everything you know associated with kids, that they were like this is they used the garbage pail line as a, like a cited example of the kind of material that okay. they do not want coming into the country, which I thought was pretty wild. That That is. And, and because, you know, not just myself, but some other kids weren't allowed to have them. There was this black market uh, <laughs> that, that developed in, in, in grade school for garbage pail kids. And, and, you know, I would trade my lunch for, <laughs> for cards and and uh you know always asking my mom for a second pudding cup or whatever <laughs> so it's like yeah. i was getting them you one know, way or another one way or another so yeah yeah, yeah. that's funny were you your parent you were good to go because you know yeah had, I, mean, I i feel like at the time we were we were also collecting i think it was football stickers and we had mm-hmm. like a book that we put the football players in and I think we just would kind of be like, oh, we're going to get like three packs of these. But then, oh, can I get one of these other cards? And we'd try to like play it off like it wasn't, you know, oh, it's just like, you know, Cabbage Patch Kids or something, <laughs> you know, like, I, and I don't remember my, my, my parents giving us a hard time about getting them. But nice. I think it's crazy, though, how, you know, some of this stuff from our youth, you know, you, you go on eBay and, you know, the, the value of it. And so a, a pack yeah. that was probably 25 cents or 50 cents, I don't remember exactly. Yeah. You know, an unopened pack is going for $25, $30 or something like that. And then certain cards, yep. mm-hmm. I think you had said the values were insane, right? Yeah, I decided to do a quick eBay check. Uh, and the, the as you mentioned, Adam Bomb, who's like 1A, the first one, uh, $20,000. <laughs> um, and then his counterpart, you know, again, 20000 So it's like the card 1A, 1B, and then 2A and 2B seem to be the most desirable anywhere between you know twenty and thirty thousand dollars. I did find somebody who had all four of those cards, hundred and twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It really is. Makes me want to find that yeah. box that mine are <laughs> in and see if I can find them. 
or maybe buy a couple of those $23 packs on eBay that are unopened in the hopes that, you, you know, they're in there maybe. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I know it, I still remember, you know, having them and really just thinking they were the, <laughs> the funniest thing when I was a kid. So, so funny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Although, you know, in, in, you know, looking through some of these listings on eBay and stuff, it's pretty wild. Like I, I thought I knew most of the cars, but there's a lot of them that I did not recall at all. And yeah. <laughs> just really like out there, pretty strange. Yeah. It does seem like they also try to re-establish them uh, several times over the past couple decades. Like here's the, you know, the reissue platinum and, you know, here's a new series making fun of, you know, a former president. Like they, they try different ways to maybe get back in, into popularity, but I, I don't really think it really took off. Yeah, and I know they did it on anniversary years, you know, like the 20-year and 30-year. Yeah. And I do remember this was, I guess this was probably like maybe five or six years ago or something, mm-hmm. like at the local dollar store. Yeah. They had them, you know, they had wacky packages and they had the oh, garbage pail. Oh, okay. And at the time I was like, ah, you know, I didn't think anything of it to actually buy any. But there was a moment where I thought, oh, this, this would be great. And then I'm like, yeah, but why? <laughs> You're eight <laughs> again. Now, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of wishing I had, but I <laughs> So. They were they were fun. Yeah. They were they were a cool toy, and um, I think this and then like we had mentioned with the Furby and the things led way to uh, uh, a Christmas classic movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Jingle All the Way. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. Yeah. It's not really a great movie, but it's exactly the concept here that there's this hot new toy that the dad has to get for his kid, and and the chaos that ensues. Tim, you know, I'd like to circle back to something you had mentioned earlier, um, and that was the fact that you, A, had a clown cabbage patch kid, uh, and B, you collected clowns as a child? (laughs) What's that about? Yeah, so, um, you know, growing up, my my brother, uh, he collected Garfield stuff, so he had all these... Garfield, awesome. Yeah, stuffed Garfields and... (laughs) Anything you can imagine that had Garfield's face, um, you know, stuck on it. And when I was, you know, a couple years later, when I was, you know, in the picture, uh, it was a mix of Snoopy and also clowns. That were the things that, that, you know, my family members and extended family would get me as gifts and stuff. (laughs) So, you know, over, you know, the better part of my, you know, pre-teen years, I had amassed... (laughs) A pretty healthy collection of clowns that would just, you know, there was this shelf in my room that was just all these clowns. How horrifying. <laughs> but what was the, was, did you say you liked a clown when you were a kid or they just bestowed, they said, this one will like clowns? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds probably pretty accurate. I don't know. I don't remember any, you know, like moment where I, you know, made a proclamation, you know, that from this day forth, I shall collect clowns. Um, but yeah, you know, so it just sort of kept happening. More clowns <laughs> came into the mix. It and snowballed. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I, I know I showed you this photo, and I'll, I'll put it up you know, on our on the web page for our listeners to see. But there was a Christmas um, <laughs> where I got this probably 24-inch tall clown um, that was battery-operated, oh. uh, and he would laugh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> which was amazing and um so yeah so he went on the shelf with all the other clowns with batteries in him in your bedroom in my bedroom yeah and apparently you know as batteries would eventually they would fail and so one night while i'm sleeping <laughs> mr laffy clown starts maniacally laughing in, in, in sort of a low <laughs> <laughs> and after i um took my bed sheets off and <laughs> put them in the laundry, put on some fresh underwear. Um, I took the batteries out of the clown and it was like a yellow sleeve that was on his arm. Mm-hmm. So I, I shoved the batteries in there just thinking like, you know, I don't know, as a kid, kid, I don't know. I just <laughs> where I put them, so I put them there. And then proceeded to forget about it. And then about a month or so later, they began to leak. So it looked like his arm was bleeding. <laughs> So now the, the weird clown that laughs while I sleep has now got a bloody arm. So that's scary at all. And, you know, to quote Bart Simpson, can't sleep, clown will eat me. <laughs> that is, that is terif- terrifying. Too. That is absolutely terrifying. <laughs> but, you know, 
I don't know. As a kid, I didn't really think it was that weird. <laughs> well, clowns were kind of a big decorative motif in the 70s and 80s. Uh, I remember my dentist as a little kid. He had clowns decorating his entire office, which was horrible in and of itself. But, you know, to, to, to have one, you know, like a collection in your bed, it's <laughs> pretty intense. Yeah. yeah. And there was there was a year for Halloween that, you know, I was dressed up as a clown. You know, I, I remember it was I think it was black and yellow polka dots on one side and like teal on the other side. OK. I had a matching pair of uh, teal uh converse all-stars to go along with it yeah very cool i was a pretty uh pretty rad looking clown (laughs) (laughs) man that's that's rough that's rough (laughs) um i didn't you know i i I didn't have any sort of uh theme uh growing up like that but that's interesting Uh, did your sister have a theme uh i mean i think i mean i know she collected like barbies and she collected like my little pony and care bears and different things but i don't remember her having you know a specific you know anything dubbed yeah you know, maybe it was just the uh the men of the uh the family that were given a specific <laughs> very specific thing that you Thanks. shall collect <laughs> um well i did uh i did kind of you know look up and a little bit about clowns i remember you had mentioned to me about your your love for clowns and uh, <laughs> the uh the correct term for fear of clowns is chlorophobia <laughs> Whew, that's a mouthful <laughs> Um, so, you know, uh, do you think you suffer from that? Did you, did you have any long lasting, uh, therapy sessions? <laughs> I think, uh, I did steer clear of any movies yeah. where they tried to make clowns be really scary. I think just because I was so close to them in my room, I didn't need to, uh, <clears throat> put any more scary clown associations, uh, you know, in my brain. <laughs> did you see the, uh, Stephen King, it, uh, TV miniseries? I did not. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, and okay. I have not seen the more recent, oh, okay. uh, you know, very, uh, from the previews I've seen, extremely scary, you know, new version of it. They did a great job in splitting it up into the storytelling as one of the one movie was his children and the next was adults instead of the flashbacks, that, mm-hmm. that the way the King, King wrote the book. But uh, the first one was probably the scariest movie I've ever seen in my life. Like The, the remake or the, the, the original remake, one? The remake. Oh, okay. yeah. And uh, I had super high expectations for the second one, but... It was just kind of like a rehash of the first. They didn't okay. really, uh, but the first one was really, really good. Yeah. 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 Well, and I do feel like that stirred up the whole phenomenon quite a bit where you'd see, you know, in countries around the world and stuff where someone would be in a park and they'd turn around and there'd be some clown standing there with a balloon and you're like, yeah, that's super frightening. Yeah. <laughs> How can I get out of this park as fast as possible? And even around here when the second clown, uh, it movie came out, people were putting uh, balloons in. Um, tying them uh, oh, to the, the, uh, sewer, sewer drains, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just to freak people out. Yeah, yeah. I think it works. <laughs> I don't think there's many people that don't see that that are like, yeah, I'm going nowhere near that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think for you know, as much as clowns, like probably the generation even before our parents, you know, like grandparents, you know, they, there was a lot of happy association with clowns and stuff like that and it really wasn't that evil element added to it until (laughs) probably we were you know younger kids and you know there'd be the you know killer clowns from outer space and you know various things like that to really play up the uh the scary side of clowns yeah i don't even think you know kids like clowns anymore i I really feel that they're kind of out of i mean people know clowns of course but as far as culture goes yeah. I don't remember any clown coming to any of my birthday, my kids' birthday parties, you know, things like that. So, Yeah, and I, I feel like even in TV when they do have it as like an element of a sitcom or something like that, it's always sort of, it, you know, it's it, they're jabbing, you know, they're poking yeah. at the clown aspect. They're not, they're not promoting it yeah. at all. <laughs> the poor clown associations getting no respect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And with Ringling Brothers, the circus closing yeah. you know i guess it's a tough time to be a clown yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> my grandmother though she she was really into to, to clowns mm-hmm. and she was part of like a, a troupe you know it was a Get bunch of, of you know older women who would go around yeah. and they'd you know they'd entertain and you know mm-hmm. try to cheer up kids and stuff like that and i think they did it when it was still like kids still had a response that was positive but i'm sure like i, I, I don't think that's gonna fly today i just think there's too many right negative yeah. associations yeah. with it that it probably would be a tough sell i did see um uh there was a study done for children in the hospital 
and 10 out of 1,000 children were afraid of the clowns that were brought in to cheer them up. Yeah. So it's certainly a, a thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, even, you know, like McDonald's, you know, when we were kids, like every commercial had Ronald McDonald in it. And That's now I think point. I think it's just the Ronald McDonald House is like the only where the only place where you, there's still that association with I think that character. I agree. But you know they're not using well I guess the whole the whole gang you know the hamburger yeah, and everybody yeah. <laughs> they've yeah. all they've all got their uh, their, uh, their 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 severance checks and they're not, they're not in the commercials anymore. I haven't seen the hamburger in a couple of decades. So <laughs> the Fry Guys no. grimace. Yeah, yeah. I think he tried to get a deal with Sesame Street and it <laughs> fell through. You know. And, the Muppets wouldn't have him. Yeah. I think he's a he's a stand-in stunt double for Barney, you know. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever, uh, just, just finishing up on this, did you ever tell your parents, you know, let's put the clowns away, or did you just suffer till you went off to college? <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, there was, like, even at Christmas, like, we would all have little Christmas trees in our room. Like, we'd have a big Christmas tree mm-hmm. as a family, but then in our rooms we'd have little, you know, little trees. And I always had, you know, it was pretty much all decorations of clowns that were on that. And it was, I, I want to say, yeah, when I moved out, you know, after college that I kind of took the box of clown decorations <laughs> and put a lot of tape on it and just kind of said that that's over. That's not happening anymore. The face is done with my life. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, mom. <laughs> Tim, so what were some of the current events going on around the world in October of 1983? On October 4th, uh, Richard Noble, driving his, um, I'll say car, I assume it was a car, (laughs) called Thrust 2, reached a new land speed record of 650.88 miles per hour at Black Rock Desert in Nevada. I tried telling the cop that pulled me over for going 40 in a 25 that, and he just wasn't listening. He just wasn't having it. <laughs> uh, on October 11th, the last hand-cranked telephone in the United States went out of service as 444, uh, 440 telephone customers in Bryant Pond, Maine, finally made the switch to direct dial. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I know 83 <laughs> is a bunch of years ago, but still, that seems... Like, hand crank yeah like, it seems like too late like that should happen a lot <laughs> lot sooner than it did do you remember um when we had the rotary phones mm-hmm. right that's like a big thing everybody's oh rotary phone you'd have to dial like eight and you'd have to wait till it went right um and then when the i guess digital came and you we still had a rotary phone so even though it was a, a rotary service so even though it's a digital buttons you would press the button and you would hear it go but that was in the mid 80s and we're bumping up the technology and there's still you know some places using hand cranks yeah yeah it's it's like i just said it just seems strange that it took that long you know for the last one to be uh out of service pretty wild Uh, So on October 19th, uh, the U.S. Senate uh, declared that there would be a national holiday each year in honor of Martin Luther King Jr. Awesome. Yeah. On October 25th, processing system Microsoft Word is first released. Uh, Though though the first version designed for the Windows operating system would not be released until 1989. Yeah. I kind of wish it never was released. <laughs> no, I mean, I know it's a great program and a lot of people rely on it, but um, as a graphic designer, the number of times that I'm asked to take something that I've designed within the Adobe suite yeah. and then redesign it into Word or PowerPoint, I, yeah. Cringe. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the, the last day of the month, October 31st, Ron Grant uh, completed a 217-day uh 8,316 mile run around Australia. I've got an issue with this. Because <laughs> of course I would. But it's not really a run if he's stopping and sleeping. <laughs> right? Isn't that just like an extended like journey? 217 runs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Alright. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I can say I, I have run a marathon. I've, you know, I've run 26.2 miles. Wow. Uh, and the idea of, I mean, I didn't do the math here, but that's a lot of miles a day that he's running <laughs> to get to 8,316. I can't imagine. Like, just doing that for one day, you know, 
16 years ago or whatever it was. I don't ever want to do that again. So here's to Ron Grant and your ridiculous amount of running. Yes. I'm not saying it's not impressive. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not a run. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So in addition, obviously, to current events, we always like to talk about the movies that came out during the months, uh, you know, that we're uh, highlighting. So in October of 83, uh, what were some of the movies that came out, Greg? Uh, there wasn't a lot of good ones, to be quite honest. Um, just a few here that uh, we'll mention. The Dead Zone, a uh, book by Stephen King, um, with Christopher Walken. Everybody loves Christopher Walken and his dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't think he danced in this one. Yeah, maybe he might have, you know, behind the scenes, and we didn't get to see it. But yeah, <laughs> maybe more cowbell. Maybe more that's cowbell. what he was asking for. <laughs> um, another movie, uh, Rumblefish, which was also, um, which was written by Essie Hinton, who also wrote The Outsiders. Great movie and book. Yeah, yeah, and I always think it's interesting, you know, when you see some of these older movies. Sometimes the main characters, the actors that portrayed them their careers never really went anywhere but a lot of the secondary actors are the ones who had you know pretty phenomenal careers and you know i think this is uh uh, i'm thinking of um uh, the movie you just referenced the outsiders oh the outsiders that the main character didn't really have a tremendous career but all the secondary actors did i mean that's just a massive list of of who's who's uh in uh, 80s and 90s movies uh, there but there were a, a number here in Rumblefish as well. Um, Dennis Hopper, Nicolas Cage, even Lawrence Fishburne, uh, you know, as supporting characters to Matt Dillon, Mickey Rourke, and Diane Lane. Uh, so those are some pretty, pretty big names. Yeah. And really, when you think about it, Matt Dillon had an okay career, but most of the others, you know, secondary characters had much <laughs> you know, more substantial careers. Yeah. So uh, another movie that came out was All the Right Moves with Tom Cruise and Leah Thompson nice i i don't i didn't see it you no i don't i don't even recall the name honestly he he was a football player i believe high school football player so Mm. all right yeah Mm. we'll get one of our interns to watch it and they can tell us about (laughs) it give give us a review uh and then finally never say never again james bond we mentioned him a couple shows ago uh this was the uh probably the best james bond uh, sean connery uh with i i I, this surprised me kim bassinger was in that Mm. and um Gotta love Rowan Atkinson, who was a bit part, but it's still cool to think that Mr. Bean exists in the James Bond universe. <laughs> yeah. And he plays like a straight man, like his, oh, you does. know, the way that he talks and everything. It's yeah. it's it's still you know his voice. You know, Rowan Atkinson has a yeah. very you know, you know, obviously as Mr. Bean, he doesn't say a whole lot. Right. But, you know, to see him in a straight role, it's it's kind of it's kind of fun. And that is cool. uh, he's had a few other roles like that where he's played more of a straight oh, character, yeah. um, not being Mr. Bean. Um, <laughs> One of one of them that comes to mind is Love Actually. I don't know if you ever saw that. No, I, I did not. Uh, he so. plays. It's sort of like he's he's being funny, but in a very sort of subtle way, where he's he's uh, uh, he's packaging up a gift at a department store, and he's doing all this elaborate, like <laughs> dumping flowers in it and all this stuff. And the whole time, the guy who's trying to get the gift is just like, "All right, hurry up, hurry yeah, up! Yeah. I got to get out of here!" And he's just taking forever. It's pretty funny. He is a great physical, uh, you know, comedic actor. He, you know, you just laugh at him because he looks so, you know, he does such silly things. Yeah, yeah. I think he has a new a new series out on uh, Netflix right now. Oh, really? I yeah. Know. I'd tell you what it is, but well, I'll figure it out and tell you in the report card. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, Tim, there was, um, a, October of 1983 was a great time for music. We've got lots of different types of music, some great, uh, some great uh, things going on. Um, you know, we'll start with albums. You want to talk about some of the albums that came out? Uh, sure. Um, Cindy Lauper put out her "She's So Unusual." Uh, Bob Dylan put out his "Infidels." Uh, Genesis, Genesis came out. That's such a good band. Yeah, yeah. yeah Genesis was definitely in, in heavy rotation in uh, my dad's Mercury Capri oh, back yeah. in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Billy Idol uh, released his Rebel Yell album. Uh, he was just the, the biggest thing there for a couple of years in the 80s. And oh, yeah. It was great to see him come back in The Wedding Singer. Yeah, as, definitely. Uh, yeah, that was nice. Um, the Smiths released The Charming Man. Um, this was probably uh, Culture Club's biggest album, if, you know, uh, Color by Numbers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, 
and it's funny I, I did a little you know just I was curious to see I, you know that that particular album obviously there was a bunch of songs people know but I know they've continued to perform over the years but you know how many albums have they put out and things like that and there's a compilation you know most compilations maybe you'll have like 15 or 20 songs on it one of their compilations is 74 songs on it. <laughs> it's like, how <laughs> that's more of a discography than a comp- <laughs> yeah it's pretty funny uh and then uh coming back to you know our guy lionel richie uh can't slow down uh was was put out then uh john mellencamp uh uh-huh uh, big some, album big album some really big songs on there authority song pink houses pink album, yeah, yeah. Uh, and before and he got the uh, moniker Cougar. True. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not as many names pro- or uh, nicknames as uh, Prince, Prince, but yeah, he, he he jumped around a little bit. Uh, and then lastly, the Oak Ridge Boys album Deliver. All right. Do you remember the Oak Ridge Boys at all? I know only by name. I couldn't tell you one song that they sing. The good stuff. Uh, I I mean I remember hearing them. I do remember they had a song called Elvira. Oh yeah, I know and, that song. You okay. know, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's kind of funny to listen to it now, but I know as a kid, I I remember you, hearing that song a yeah. lot. Yeah, was that about the, the the you know the TV host Elvira, or was it just coincidental? You know, I don't know. Maybe uh, we'll get that intern to research yeah, yeah. that for us yeah. too. <laughs> get on that. <laughs> um, uh, the uh, singles. Uh, released uh, many of them coming off those albums we just mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the Smiths with the the self titled uh, the Charming Man mm-hmm. uh, single, uh, Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson. We had talked about that once before. Yeah, uh, say, with say say say. say. Uh, and then you know off of Billy Idol's uh, Rebel Yell, the track came off of there. Uh, Genesis, that's all. I love that song. Yeah, I could listen to that song <laughs> like a thousand times. It's, it doesn't get old for me. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, a little Pointer Sisters action, uh, I Need You. And wrapping it up, John Mellencamp released a single for Pink Houses. Right, yep. Good songs right there. <laughs> and then uh, the top 10, um, this would have been on 10 8, uh, October 8th of 1983. But one of these things just doesn't belong here, and now it's time uh, to play <laughs> So <laughs> the number 10 song, a little surprising here, Frank Stallone, Far From Over. I mean, just listening to it now, it just, it, you know, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Frank. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> way to way to use the last name to get there. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, the fix was number nine with one thing leads to another. Uh, this one, I feel like in high school, <laughs> someone brought this song up and it was we all would safety dance around. <laughs> I don't know why, but yeah, it's Men Without Hats, the safety dance, uh, number eight. Number eight. Uh, Billy Joel with Tell Her About It, very classic Billy Joel song, really good. Yeah. Uh, number six, uh, Islands in the Stream, Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. I remember, you know, we just had talked about vacation and I talked about that yellow dots and I can still remember driving in the car with my parents and they had Dolly Parton. I don't know if it was a, it, that, this song was on that Dolly Parton album and I, I, I could probably, you know, know every time that, that <laughs> song. It's a great song too. Yeah. It's fun. It's a good song. Uh, Stray Cats with uh, She's Sexy and Seventeen. I don't know if that would fly in today's uh, environment. Probably not. <laughs> um, and then number four, uh, Spandau Ballet with True. Uh, Greg, I don't know if you remember um, Modern Family. They had a cameo with Ed Norton. Uh, in, in that role, he played a fictitious version of the bass player from Spandau <laughs> Ballet. And uh, the whole the whole premise was that uh, Phil, the, one of the main characters, yeah. was a fan of Spandau Ballet, and they called them the Fandows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was funny. Put that in. Yeah. It's great. Um, a great song from The Police, King of Pain. Great, great song. song. Yeah. Uh, number two, Air Supply, uh, Making Love Out of Nothing at All. There you go. And number one on the charts in October of 1983 is a great song, Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler. There you go. (laughs) 
So, Greg, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but there's, you know, there's obviously people make parodies of, you know, songs sure. and stuff like that. There's a video out there of a person that took the all the strange things happening happening in that video. That is a weird video. And wrote literal lyrics <laughs> in the same melody as uh, the song, and it, it's 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 worth a watch. So uh, we'll put the link up, in, uh, you know, on the website for it. Uh, but it, it it's, really is quite funny. Yeah. So just as a little sample, some of the lyrics. And the room, random use of candles, empty bottles, and cloth. And can you see me through this fan? <laughs> Very good, nicely done. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's it's funny. It's a really funny video. I think I watched it like six times. Yeah. yeah. So you have to check that out. So, um, as we've kind of been doing now, or actually, uh, there was some great TV in 1980s as well. We've done a lot of music and 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 uh, and uh, movies, but um, some some great television was happening at, at this at uh, this time. And uh, I was going through uh, this website I found, and they actually showed you the uh, the TV guide for the for the time period, and nice. you just click on the day and. Um, uh, before we talk about the regular Monday, you know, regular shows, I found some great specials. Let me just uh, point this out. See, yeah. if the, um, there was a show um, that uh, the Disney Channel, which existed in '83, hmm. I didn't know that, yeah. aired a show called ha- Hansel and Gretel, which was some of you may know heard of this guy's name, Tim Burton, his directorial debut of a film short. Uh, that combined live action and stop motion for like this creepy adventure into the woods. Huh. Yeah. So all the way back in '83, Tim Burton uh, made his, deb- his debut. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I had no idea. I'd never heard of it. Okay. Yeah. He, have, you, have you seen the, the stop I, action? I yeah. have not, but we should uh, yeah. probably Google that. Or track it down and <laughs> put a link out to it. <laughs> I did know that Tim Burton was a employee of Disney because he actually was one of the grunt line artists for Fox and the Hound. Huh. Really cool. Mm. Yeah. Um, another one was uh, Garfield on the Town. Uh, your brother was excited yeah, about that. Definitely, that was a that was a whole family adventure for us to you know get out some Gino's, Gino's pizza rolls and uh, <laughs> make sure we were in front of the TV when it aired. Well, that's true because you know these shows you know way before you know um, uh, recording TV shows and and streaming services, it was on. It was on. You better get your butt in front of the TV, and everybody sat and watched. Uh, you know these specials like Garfield on the town there was like seven or eight of those right Garfield does something or other Garfield (laughs) goes to the the vet I don't know (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't come back the same (laughs) and uh, you know uh, along those lines do you remember Sunday night the wonderful world of Disney it Mm -hmm. was Sunday right I think so it sounds right and I think it was it may have been I don't know ABC or whatever but they would always like show their shorts and and Walt would be there Mm -hmm. and like in between them um, and one of uh, the specials, we were in October, so it was a Disney Halloween. So it was just, uh, you know, hosted by the Magic Mirror and, and stuff. And they did, like, different scenes and, and all the Disney characters got little, you know, promos and said, come spend your money. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, there was High School USA. Um, I don't. I don't do you, remember. Do you know any? I, I didn't either. Yeah. It was all. It was like. Do you remember in the early '80s they did a lot of TV show crossovers, mm-hmm. like yeah. they like Olympics, like a kind of like the stars, the Circus would, of the Stars, yeah, or yeah, yeah, things. So this was for all of the, I guess, the teenage people, and they did like a little movie, oh, and okay. so it was Michael J. Fox from Family Ties yeah. and all of these people, and it was like a who's who, Todd Bridges from different strokes yeah. and, and all the different people and it looks fantastic i think it was so good that we should probably we could do a whole episode on high school usa i don't know i haven't seen it yet but look promising cool yeah yeah we'll have to check it out <laughs> <laughs> and then you know besides the the specials we obviously had the the regular programming that was on you know monday through friday and obviously the saturday and sunday as well so um mondays scarecrow and mrs king watched it yeah my mom liked that show so i watched it with her yeah and after mash okay uh, I, I don't know that one uh, <laughs> uh tuesdays one of the best shows to come from the 80s the a-team 
I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish I could remember the intro, right? The dun, 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 and then they had the overvoice, and he's like, this special forces <laughs> operation. Da, 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 da. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's so great. Yeah, it's great. Now, have you seen any of the movies or anything that they've I, made since? No. You? I actually recently watched the, yeah. the A-Team movie again. I had seen it when it came out. Oh. Uh, it was on one of the you know streaming services, and I watched it again. and. I mean, it, it you know it, it's got a nice throwback <laughs> element to the original show and stuff. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think Liam Neeson plays Hannibal. Oh, that might be worth it if Liam Neeson's yeah. in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then your show, the one that you thought uh, Timothy Dalton was in, uh, Remington Steel. Wait, he wasn't. <laughs> uh, on Wednesday, we had a great uh, couple of shows. Facts of Life are all about you and Family Ties. Nice. Uh, and then Thursdays, Thursdays was a healthy, <laughs> you, you had a lot of op- options on the menu on Thursday night. There was Magnum PI. Uh, my dad was a star of that show. If anyone was, no, I'm just kidding. My dad did have a spectacular mustache. Yeah. Um, uh, Simon and Simon, uh, give me a break. Mama's family cheers and Hill street blues. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of decisions to make on a Thursday. Night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fridays though we had Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, love Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, uh, Dallas was above my head, but yeah. big big show. Uh, and Falcon Crest. Again, yeah, also kind of, uh, for the older crowd, I think. Yeah. yeah, and then this show I just pointed out just because it's kind of funny is Manimal, and Manimal was a short-lived, I think, eight-episode run of this show about uh, this character Jonathan Chase, uh, who's a shape-shifting man. <laughs> Who can turn into animals and, of course, uses his powers to aid the police. Of course. Makes sense, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think the police ended up putting out a better album that year because <laughs> of the help of... No, no, not those people. I got it, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Saturday nights, uh, TJ Hooker, uh, The Love Boat, uh, Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island, yeah. nice. Although Fantasy Island, when it first like came on, I don't know why, it used to scare me. Really? Yeah, like something about the, <laughs> like the weird stuff that would happen. Yeah. Like it just it, as soon as the the, the show would start and you know, uh, the opening credits, I would like I remember hiding underneath like the coffee wow. table or something. Like I wanted <laughs> to watch it but didn't, and I felt safe if I was under something. You know. Um. Anyway. Uh, How long did you run around? You know, when you were that young age, going de plane, de plane. <laughs> All the time. All the time, right? <laughs> Um, also, different strokes and silver spoons were on Saturday night. Nice. And, and wrapping up the week, Sunday was Hardcastle and McCormick, Alice, One Day at a Time, The Jeffersons, and We Save the Best for Last, A Little Night Rider. There you go. Starred David Hasselhoff, who would go on to 90s fame in Baywatch. Baywatch, thank you. I almost forgot the name. Of the show. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good old David Hasselhoff. Yeah. It was a great show. It was. Hey Greg, I think it's time for us to do that thing we do at the end of every episode, our report card. Alright, let's get into it. Thrust 2 was in fact a car, albeit jet propelled, and held the world land speed record from October 4th, 1983 all the way until September 25th, 1997. The Thrust 2 was powered by a single Rolls-Royce Avon jet engine. Pretty cool. Very cool. Very um, we did mention the uh, run by Ron Grant in Australia, and since I said I didn't want to do the math just then, I, I did do the math, and it was 38.32 miles per day he would have had to average to complete his 8,316 miles in 217 days. That's like a marathon and a half every day. That's that's in- intense. <laughs> Makes me look lame for not wanting to get up and get get the uh, uh, soda from the uh, fridge. <laughs> uh, Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean, uh, is in a show called Man vs. Bee on Netflix. Cool. Uh, we talked about the opening um, monologue from the uh, A-Team. And so for anyone who doesn't remember, went a little something like this. In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. 
These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. Just gave me shivers, Tim. <laughs> I love that show. Um, you talked about the Oak Ridge Boy, the Oak Ridge Boys released an album, and you had mentioned the song Elvira, and I had wondered, is that about that uh, Halloween TV host? But uh, the story of the title was that the songwriter Dallas Frazier was driving with Ray Baker in Nashville when Ray almost ran a red light uh, at an intersection of Gallatin Road and Elvira Street. So while they were sitting there, Dallas looked up and noticed the street sign and just immediately on the spot came up with the chorus that would eventually be the song Elvira. Elvira. (laughs) It was so funny after we recorded that. I heard that song on the radio later that day. I was like, oh my gosh. That's so wild. Facebook was listening, I guess. One other small correction, uh, when we talk about the Garbage Pail Kids, I mentioned that your card was Gross Greg, which, although there was a Gross Greg later on, um, the first issue uh, where Tongue Tied Tim happened to be out, your card was Greaser Greg. Nice. Well, um, so if you guys noticed any uh, egregious errors that we missed or just want to say hi, you can always reach out to us at dads at latchkeydads.com. Or go to our website for additional photos and extended content at latchkeydads.com. I'm going to give us an A-plus again. I think we're doing pretty well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go Weens. Tim, did you know that listeners should like, review, and subscribe to the Latchkey Dads podcast? No. <laughs> <laughs> but now I know. <laughs> no, he's out the battle.